be in your presence and share in your glory forever and ever. Chapter 3, it's on page 4 of your pew Bible, if you need a page number. And my goal tonight is I want to show you a little bit of how the whole book of Genesis ties together. So we're going to start by looking at Genesis chapter 3. We're going to look at the punishments God gave Adam and Eve for their sin. And we're going to see how those punishments play out in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we're going to see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob deal with the same problems over and over. And we're going to see that those are a consequence of Adam and Eve's sin in Genesis 3. So that's my goal tonight. And we're going to start in Genesis 3. We remember that God made Adam and Eve. Everything was perfect. Everything was great. Put them in a garden. Gave them one command. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate from the tree. They sinned. And when they did, they felt shame. And they tried to hide from God. And God came and found them, and then he punished them like a good father does. We're going to pick up in verse 16 of Genesis chapter 3, and this is God talking to Eve. And we're going to see the punishments that God gave Eve and indirectly us as well. Can I get a volunteer to read verse 16? Lydia? Alright, thank you. So God gives Eve two punishments. Number one, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and, and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. So she's going to have difficulty in bearing children. It's going to be hard to conceive. It's going to be hard to bear. It's going to be hard to give birth. And I would argue it's, even, it's going to be hard to raise them. But it's at least hard to conceive and give birth. That's number one. Number two, it says, Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And this desire that Eve had was a desire to dominate. She didn't want to serve her husband. She didn't want to support her husband. She wanted to rule her husband after sin. And it says, he shall rule over you, meaning Adam is going to rule over you. So in the beginning, before Genesis 3, when everything was perfect, Adam was to lovingly lead and serve his wife. Eve was to lovingly submit to her husband and support her. And those, those both got twisted with sin. Where Adam and men after him would be tended to harshly dominate their wives, Women will want to dominate their husbands. And so we're going to see that play out in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are there any questions on those two punishments? All right, moving on. Let's look what uh, God says to Adam. And that's going to be verses 17, 18, and 19. He has a lot to say to Adam, as he should. So just uh, read a verse there, and we'll read 17, 18, and 19. That's what he said. Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, for this knowledge shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. And the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, and thus you are, and thus you shall return. Thank you very much. So the first punishment we see for Adam is in verse 17. Cursed is the ground for your sake. So God curses the ground, curses the earth. It's one of the only two things he curses in Genesis 3. He curses the serpent, he punishes Adam and Eve, and he curses the ground. So Adam would no longer be able to get food easily. Work became hard, it became toil, and feeding your family became a much harder uh, situation. 
So we're going to see that play out. Uh, the second thing is Adam and most every other human after him would die. We see in verse 19, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you were taken, excuse me. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So one day Adam would die, and his children would die. And we've been seeing that for thousands of years now. And so we have our four punishments that God gave Adam and Eve. We see difficulty in childbearing. We see difficulty in marriage. We see a cursed ground. And we see death. Any questions on that? Do you guys see that? All right, well, let's see how that plays out in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Turn to Genesis chapter 11. We're going to trace Abraham, and that's on page 12, if you have a pew Bible. <clears throat> when I was younger, I read the Bible, and I saw that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all had the same thing happen to them. And I said, oh, that's a weird coincidence. And then it wasn't until not very much long ago, probably 10 years ago, I realized, wait a minute, there's a reason they have all these same problems. The author Moses is telling us something here. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 11, and we're going to read verse 30, if I could have a volunteer. Thank you. Sarai was Abram's wife. Remember, Abraham's name used to be Abram. Sarah's name used to be Sarai before God changed them. And it says, Sarai was barren. She had no child. Now, why do you suppose she was barren? She was cursed. Or I wouldn't say cursed. She was under sin's punishment. One of the problems that we inherited from Adam and Eve was difficulty in childbearing. If you look at your handy-dandy chart, we see Isaac, his wife, had the same problem. And it said Rebecca, we're not to turn there, but it says Rebecca was barren and Isaac prayed for his wife and then she was able to conceive. We go down to Jacob and both of his wives, kids don't try that at home, he had two wives, and both of them had problems bearing children. Rachel was barren at the beginning, Leah bore four children, and then the text specifically says she was unable to bear children for a time. And then later she was able to bear some more. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all three of them, they're living their lives, they're trying to obey God, and they're having to deal with the punishments that came with Adam and Eve's sin. And we see God overcome those in each of their lives. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. All right, let's turn to page 13 in the Pew Bible, Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. And we'll see another punishment come forth for Abram. Thank you. So there was a famine in the land. Why would there be a famine in the land? Cursed ground. And so Abram has to deal with this famine. We see Isaac had to deal with the famine. He went to Gerar and had to deal with King Abimelech because of it. Jacob had to deal with the famine and he went to Egypt. And that's how the Israelites ended up in Egypt, if you remember. And so again, all three of these patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are dealing with the same problems because of Adam and Eve. All right, any questions on that? All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16. We're going to read the first two verses and see another punishment come out. So 16, 1 through 2. Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. She 
Sarai said to him, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please, go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. So Sarah is experiencing one of the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin. She's unable to bear children. And she decides, well, I'm going to scheme my way to where I want to get. And I'm going to tell my husband what to do. And he's going to listen to me. And then I'm going to get what I want, which is a kid. And just like Adam heeded the voice of his wife, when he went into sin, Abram heeded the voice of his and sinned with Hagar. And this is not the only time this happens. So we have a scheming wife. We see with Isaac, uh, Isaac and Rebekah had two kids, Jacob and Esau. Isaac loved Esau, kind of a man's man. Rebekah loved Jacob. He was kind of a, a wuss, if we will, just being honest. <laughs> Hang around the tents, you know, probably like to wash the clothes. And anyway, so Isaac was blind. And he was going to bless his firstborn, which was Esau. Rebecca hears it, and she comes up with a scheme. She says, I like Jacob better, so I'm going to scheme my way to get what I want. And she told Jacob, we're going to trick your father into blessing you instead of Esau. And Jacob heeded the voice of his mother, and off they went and tricked Isaac into getting the blessing to Jacob instead of Esau. And then we come to Jacob's happy family. Jacob married two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Never do that. Both Rachel and Leah, they were in a competition with each other. Who's going to have the most kids? Who's going to have the most sons, I should say? They do all kinds of crazy stuff. One of the things they do is they do the same thing Sarai did. They say, well, I can't have children. Here, take my maidservant. And when uh, Leah stopped bearing children, she said, take my maidservant. And those kids count for me. I'm counting them. And Jacob heeded the voice of his wives, just like Abram did with his wife and Adam with his. So we have this, this theme that keeps repeating itself, where there's difficulty in childbearing, and there's difficulty in marriage, and it leads to all kinds of sin and scheming, and wives desiring to dominate their husbands, and husbands listening to their wives instead of listening to God. Let's hope that doesn't happen today. Any questions on that? All right, so the reason we see these repeated episodes is I think Moses, the Holy Spirit inspiring him to tell us, here are the punishments playing out in their lives. And remember, these people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they have the promises of God. That's why we call them the patriarchs, because God promised them. God started with Abram, then he gave the same promises to Isaac, he gave the same promises to Jacob. And despite the fact that they had the promises of God, despite the fact that they were the chosen of God, they still had to suffer the consequences for Adam and Eve's sins. God did not withhold that from them. They simply had to be faithful in the midst of the consequences, in the midst of the punishments. All right, let's turn to Genesis chapter 25, and this will be uh, the last punishment that we see for Abraham. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 25, verse 7 through 8. Verse 7 through 8 of Genesis 25. That's on page 28 if you have a Pew Bible. Thank you. So, which punishment do we see here? Death. 
Isaac died in Genesis 35. Jacob died in Genesis 49. So we see these lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob marred by the sin of Adam and Eve through no fault of their own. And despite that, they're expected to be faithful. And we see God overcome these difficulties to bless them. And we see the same thing today. I want to show you, go back to Genesis chapter 12. This is really neat. So that's on page, whatever I said it was on, page 12, Genesis 12 in the Pew Bible. And I want to show you how God made promises to Abram that directly overcome the punishments of Genesis 3. So we read these promises in Genesis chapter 12, and we think, wow, these are great promises. What, great, what big promises? And they are, but I think they're specifically tailored to the punishments a few chapters ago. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your mother's house, to a land I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed not to the Lord and spoke into it. And all that took him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife. So the first uh, thing that, that God tells Abram to do is a command. Leave everything you know. Go to the land I'm going to show you. And then in verse 2 he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. He promised them descendants, seed. Now, when he promises them descendants, he's saying, I'm going to overcome, God's saying, I'm going to overcome the difficulty in childbearing because you're going to have a whole bunch of descendants. And I'm going to overcome the difficulty in marriage because somehow people are going to be married enough to have these kids. And so do you see how this first promise of seed overcomes difficulty in childbearing and the difficulty in marriage? So even back in Genesis 12, before Abram had experienced many of the punishments, God is already promising, I'm going to overcome these for you. Next, uh, God says, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a land. So he promises to bless him, promises to go with him. And then you look at verse 7. To your descendants, I will give this land. So Abram is living on a cursed ground, and God's promising him a land, a land flowing with milk and honey, where God will dwell with his people again. And we won't go there, but in Romans chapter 4, it says that God promised Abraham the world. And so here, God is promising, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you a land that's not cursed. I'm going to get you a land that's blessed where I am, and you'll be there with me. So he overcomes this cursed ground to give Abram a better land. And finally, 
He says in verse 3, God says, I will bless those who bless you, curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So there's going to come a blessing from Abram. We don't know how yet in chapter 12, but there's going to come a blessing that spreads everywhere to all people. From one corner of the globe to the other, they're all going to be blessed because of these promises right here. And we later learn that these promises include resurrection from the dead, like we sang about. We're going to live with God forever. He's overcome our sin. He's overcome the grave. And so these promises, I want you to see this God who punishes in chapter 3, which is the right thing to do. He promises to overcome his own punishments in chapter 12 for the sake of his people. What a great God we serve. We don't serve a God who will sweep things under the rug. He is just. But we serve a God who loves his people, cares for his people so much that he says, I'm going to overcome your punishments. And I'm going to make it happen for you. We later realize the seed that was promised to Abram was Jesus Christ, who overcame death and sin and hell for us. So, any questions on that? Joe? He did. So he certainly explicitly disobeyed later in this chapter. We'll talk about that at the men's retreat and in other chapters as well. That might be a sin, but I, I tend to think Abram was looking out for his nephew whose father had died. I might be wrong. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure taking Lot was a sin. It might have been. But he certainly sinned, and Isaac certainly sinned, and Jacob certainly sinned. They added their own sin to Adam and Eve's. And in spite of that, God was with them and overcame that for them. So for us today, we learn that even though we are God's chosen people, we still suffer for Adam and Eve's sins. We don't get to avoid that. We don't get to skirt that. We live under the same punishments and curse as everyone else right now, temporarily. So if you're having trouble having children, if you're trying to have children and it's not happening, it may be because we're living under a punishment. If you're having difficulties in your marriage, it's not necessarily because you married the wrong person. It's not necessarily because anybody sinned. Marriage is hard. It's a punishment. It's like when I, when I discipline my children, if they look back and they say, that hurt. Well, it's supposed to hurt. It's a punishment. So if you're having trouble with your marriage, if you're having trouble with your children, to an extent, we should expect that. We should not expect a heavenly marriage on earth. We should not expect a heavenly child rearing on earth. It's supposed to be difficult. We're living under punishment. In the same way, if you're having trouble with work, having frustrations with work, well, guess what? God promised that a long time before we were born. And so it may not, it not, it doesn't necessarily mean you're in the wrong job. It doesn't necessarily mean your boss did anything wrong. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it just means we're living under punishments. But at the same time, we have a God who is with us, who has promised us, I'm going to overcome every single punishment for you. I'm going to overcome every single curse for you. And all these problems and all these punishments and all these curses have an end date. And after that, you're with me. And no more punishment, no more curse, no more frustration. We don't get the land of Canaan. We get a new heaven and a new earth. No death, 
No problems with our relationships with each other. We'll be in perfect harmony for eternity. I won't rub you the wrong way. You won't annoy me. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure you are as well. We're going to have beautiful relationships in a beautiful land forever. We won't, we won't have any frustration with trying to get enough food or trying to work. It's all going to be healed. So we have a great hope that no one else has, even while we live in the midst of the punishments with everybody else. So may God give us opportunities to talk of our great hope as we share sufferings with our neighbors, with our co-workers, with everyone else on the globe. So how does this lead us to pray? Oh, I thought of some. Pastor Jordan? Uh, we can pray in the same way that Jacob prayed for his wife, the same way that Abraham prayed for his wife. Their, their wives were barren, and uh, they knew that God would come, and so they prayed. Yeah. They asked God to overcome the punishments for them. Yeah, that's good. So when we're having frustrations, we can cry out to God, knowing that he has overcome them for us. We can pray for non-believers that the sorrows and sufferings that come in their lives would open their eyes to we're living under punishment and there's a God who saves. I think many in our country, we have it so good, we want it to be even better. We want heaven on earth. And sometimes we're, we're rocked by a tragedy. We're rocked by suffering. And it reminds us we're, we're living under the curse of sin. And I think it's a wonderful time to talk about the truth when people are indeed suffering, when their eyes are open. They're not focused on their next vacation. They're focused on why is this happening. We have the answer. And we have the solution in Jesus Christ. We can pray that we would uh, remind each other of the hope that we have. One of the best things you can do when one of our members is suffering is serve them physically. And while you're doing that, remind them of the hope that they have in Jesus. I think they go together. I don't think, if when I'm suffering, let's be honest, the last thing I want is somebody calling me and saying, hey, it's going to be okay. I want someone to, to help me where I'm at and then to remind me of the truth. So let's love and deed as well as our talk. Andy? I'm thinking about the second one also in particular of the four because it's the one that uh, it's a moral value for us. Domineering of our wives, our wives are trying to take control. Um, so we can certainly pray that we would lean into the curse. Mm. That we would, uh, I guess, then we would know how to listen to our wives. Then it's a matter of, you know, this is precious and we want to show our love and not listen to when it's when we get to her either. That's good. We can pray that we would not lean into the curse. I like that. We would model life before the fall, marriage before the fall. That's good. Well, let's bow our heads and pray, and then Pastor Jordan will come up.